Well, good evening. There was an eerie silence starting to come through, so I thought I'd better stand up. I understand there's a few people having difficulty parking outside, so hence the reason for the delay. But um, well done for getting here. It's great to see you. If this is your first time with us, a special warm welcome. And if you come here all the time, it's great to see you uh, back again. Has anyone had a relaxing day? No? One. <laughs> it's a crazy time of year, isn't it? You know, everyone chases around, working out how we're going to buy presents for each other and food and is there going to be turkeys in the shop and go to parties and friends and family and what are people going to wear and all that type of stuff. But the good news is tonight we've got an opportunity to just relax, uh, enjoy each other's company, sing some Christmas carols, listen to the choir, listen to the message that Johnny is going to bring uh, later on. So hopefully it will just be you know, a period of uh, well, I was going to say quiet. It's not going to be quiet at all. Um, a period of reflection to, you know, really um, consider what Christmas is all about. And so, before we get started, uh, let's just bow our heads in prayer. God and Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and meet here this evening. And you know, away from all the hustle and bustle of the festive of the festive period, to really focus on what this time of Christmas is all about. And as we reflect this evening on the birth of Jesus Christ, we would pray that we would also be able to reflect on what uh, Jesus means to each and every one of us. We just pray that you'd be with us now as we go forward in this carol service. Amen. So, with no further ado, let's stand and sing, um, Joy to the World. The Lord has come, let earth receive her King. If you can stand, it would be great to stand after the introduction. If not, you know, please remain seated. good to hear everyone's in uh, good cheer tonight, so thank you for that. We're now going to have uh, two readings, uh, one from Esther and followed by Tulu, if you just want to come up. Good 
So our first reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. And then in verse 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Our second reading today is from Luke 1, verse 26 to 33. In the, sixth month of the angel in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Thanks, Esther and Tulu, for uh, those two readings. We've now got another opportunity to, again, stand and sing Once in Royal David City. Um, my memory is really, really poor, and it's you know, getting poorer with, with age. But even I can remember learning this at primary school. Once in Royal David City stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was, his mother, was, her, was that mother mild, Jesus Christ, her little child. Let's stand and sing after the introduction.
So this is the opportunity when you can give your voices a rest, sort of relax, and um, listen to five pieces uh, from the choir, and Ben is going to narrate in between each of the songs. So over to you guys. Before the stable and the donkey and the star, before any stars for that matter, before life with all of its complexities and beauty, Jesus was there. Jesus was with God and Jesus was God, in tandem and in perfect unity. Yes, before our story even truly begins, Jesus was there. Through him, everything was created Everything that can be seen and touched, everything unseen and unfelt, Jesus made. Before our story and before his infancy was life in him. And that light was the light of all mankind. That light shines, radiates, explodes in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. No, this is not the beginning of the story. Come and see what God has already done. Oh! 
see. No, I was so much more than a tuneful wish. It is the prayer of those who have the confident expectation of the king who has always reigned. No! says the people walking in darkness have seen a great light and so was the case for the shepherds in a field nearby like sentinels keeping watch of their post they sat in darkness when suddenly an angel appeared drawing them towards the light of the world Oh, my. 
born in royal David's town, born of royal line, not born into majesty, but born at the right time. As the shepherds arrived to where this humble king slept, they approached them as they were. The Magi arrived, laying not only their gifts before him, but their minds and willingness too. As for Mary and Joseph, they brought their lives before the king, and so too must we. The light and love that shone into the darkness then still shines today and brings the hope that we so need. Come to the king, for his mercies never end. Grace that you would need, a light that never 
has come, the King who came to seek the lost, to pay our cost, to make all things new. Even as we bring our broken hearts and our burdens before him, deep down inside we can still think that our fears are inexcusable. Just as the shepherds had to be told by the angels that there was nothing to fear, we must remind ourselves that this King has come in peace and nothing stands in the way of his love. So we can truly sing with the angels, glory, let there be peace.
He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who was there before the world began, who formed the seas and the stars, became a baby in a manger on a dark night in Bethlehem. How shall we respond to the one who came as a baby? How shall we respond to the one who came as a sacrifice? How shall we respond to the one who came as king to reign and reigns forevermore? Now, to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Saviour, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, glory, majesty, dominion and authority for all time and now and forever. Amen.
Wasn't that great? Excellent. Thanks so much, folks. <clears throat> so we now get a chance to uh, stand and sing again. Come, all ye faithful. And then after that, we're going to hear a duet from Erin and Rhea, who are going to sing to us in the bleak midwinter. So let's stand and sing, Oh, come, all ye faithful.
thank you to Aaron and Ria for that and for the multi-talented Heather who not only conducts a choir but gets fantastic music out of, sorry Heather, what's your instrument called? Cello, cello. there we go, <laughs> cello. So the next song we're going to sing is Silent Night, Holy Night. I just love the story behind uh, this. So if we just to use the imagination for a wee bit and transport us back to early 19th century Austria, I need to make it a wee bit up. I'm thinking up in the mountains and it's cold and snowy. And the, the pastor had penned a poem and he was really keen to you know, sing it at uh, Christmas Eve mass, but there was no music to it. So he went and asked uh, the local school teacher who happened to be uh, the, the organist at the church and within hours they had this wonderful tune and setting aside the fact that the original was in six verses and it was in German. But isn't it fantastic that almost 200 years later we can be singing the same words because they stand the test of time. So let's stand and sing Silent Night, Holy Night. And afterwards, uh, Emily will come and do a reading for us.
Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born, king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where. The Christ was to be born, they told him, in Bethlehem of Judah, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. When Herod summoned the wise men secretly and asserted from them what time the star had appeared, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Thanks very much, Emily. Uh, for that reading. And now uh, Jen is going to uh, do a solo, O Holy Night, uh, with Lewis on the piano. And after um, Jen sings to us, Johnny will uh, come and uh, bring a short message to us as well.
Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name's uh, Johnny. I'm the pastor of uh, the church here. Let me add my welcome to Alan's, uh, and let me also say a very, very happy Christmas to all of you. We're very glad to have you here, whether you're usually with us week by week or whether this, this is the first time you've come through the door. Uh, now, it, it can't have escaped your notice that we're just over one week out uh, from the big day itself. And I wonder whether that's a prospect that excites you whether you're someone who loves Christmas or whether you hate it. I'm going to be honest and say that I'm one of those people who loves it. 
and loves pretty much everything about it. The songs, the decorations, the, the fact that pretty much everything you eat in the month of December tastes faintly of cinnamon. It's absolutely tremendous as far as I'm concerned. But I'm aware that for others, it's not such a great time of year for quite a number of different reasons, in fact some of which are quite trivial. Perhaps uh, you hate the patterned knitwear, or uh, perhaps wall-to-wall Christmas music sets your teeth on edge. We're really glad you came this evening, uh, if that's you. Some hate Christmas for more serious reasons, though. Bad memories of years gone by. The reminder of the people we wish we could share Christmas Day with, but can't. Some of us love it, Others of us hate it. But I'm guessing that most of us would probably place ourselves somewhere in between those two extremes when it comes to Christmas, on the scale from wishing it could be Christmas every day to wishing humbug to every carol singer we meet. We're probably somewhere in the middle. But actually, the surprise for us this evening is that in the reading we had just a moment or two ago from Matthew's account of Jesus' life, Matthew locates all of us not in the middle, but at one extreme or the other. Matthew wants us to see that all of us either love Christmas or we hate it. Not the fluff around Christmas, I mean, the the, the knitwear and the cinnamon and all that stuff, but the actual Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ. And so we're just going to spend a few minutes looking at those two reactions now. We'll do that firstly by thinking about the king who hated Christmas. Now, if I were to, to mention to you the kings of Christmas, you'd be forgiven for thinking that I was talking about the three kings who from Orient are... But I wonder if you noticed that in the reading from Matthew a couple of minutes ago, there aren't three kings. There are some people who come from the east, but they aren't called kings. They're called magi or wise men. And instead of three kings, Matthew introduces us to two. Just notice that with me. If you have the reading on your order of service, just glance down to the very beginning of that reading, the very first words of it. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king. So we have king number one, King Herod, and hot on his heels, verse two, wise men or magi from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? King number two. And as it turns out, one of those kings isn't best pleased to hear about the existence of the other. And I wonder if you can understand why. James Comey was the director of the FBI in America under the Trump administration. And in May 2017, he gave a speech at the Los Angeles FBI field office, thanking employees there for their hard work. And during the speech, there were several huge television screens on the wall in front of them, and they began to flash up with the words, Comey resigns. Now, Comey thought it was a prank by someone on his staff, and so he carried on talking until the panicked looks from the people around him made him realize it wasn't a joke at all. 
his tenure as director of the FBI had come to an unceremonious end, and President Trump had abruptly fired him, but it seems had forgotten to pass the message on. See, being told that you're being replaced is, is bad enough, but it can be made even worse when you aren't even told. And that's something like the dynamic in Matthew's gospel in Matthew chapter 2. You see, for that first king, King Herod, well, the arrival of a second king, that doesn't sound like all that good news. We read that, in fact, as we read on. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. See, if another king has arrived, well, then Herod is effectively, effectively being served as notice. The, the Magi might as well have had the words Herod fired emblazoned on the side of their camels. Now, although Herod was troubled, he didn't show his hand initially. He pretends to be just as keen to meet this new king as the Magi are. He sends them to go and search diligently for the child and then to bring him word uh, that he might come and worship the king too. He pretends to be a worshiper. But his intentions soon become clear when the wise men fail to return to him. And in fact, in the verses after our reading this evening, we're told of one of the least Christmassy scenes imaginable. Matthew tells us that Herod had all young male children in the area killed. Why? Well, to stamp out the threat from king number two. It isn't an exaggeration to say that Herod was a king who really hated Christmas. Now, I'm aware that all of that might sound pretty extreme for a carol concert, but Matthew wants us, I think, to see that even if it might sound extreme, well, it's not at all unusual. Because it isn't just Herod who's troubled by the arrival of a new king. I wonder if you noticed that as well. When King Herod heard of this new king, he was disturbed, we're told, and all Jerusalem with him. The whole city is troubled by the arrival of a new king. And I think Matthew is giving us a bit of a nudge, a hint that this reaction to Christmas isn't just that of one man, of this grumpy king. It's much more widespread than that. Now, uh, I wonder whether anyone here is a fan of these things or not. Paper crowns. I'll be honest and say that though I really, really love Christmas, this is one of the parts of the day I could probably do without. And it isn't because I'm self-conscious uh, and don't think that they're really made for those of us with large heads. Uh, it's mainly because Christmas is the time of year more than any other when we have uh, candles and open flames around our house. And after a couple of close shaves in years gone by, it feels as though it's a matter of time uh, before I lean across the table for the cranberry sauce and accidentally end up uh, turning myself into a human festive candle. Uh, so I'm often quite keen to be shot of the paper crown by the end of Christmas dinner. But in one sense, I think Matthew's asking me, and in fact all of us, to consider whether we're really happy taking the crown off at all. Not a paper crown, really, but a crown of self-rule. See, we as human beings tend to call the shots as far as our own lives are concerned. 
We are our own rulers, if you will. We decide what's right and what's wrong. No one else. And so much like King Herod, well, when God's king, King Jesus, turns up and asserts his authority over our lives, well, we find it difficult to submit to him. And so many people don't. It's possible to do that in a very acceptable-looking way, of course, even at Christmas time, to, to, to quite merrily sing, joy to the world, the Lord has come. But for many of us, well, the news that the Lord has come, the king who claims authority over your life and over mine, well, it isn't joyful news at all. We might not think of ourselves as being Grinches, as people who hate Christmas, and yet we might be much, much closer to King Herod, to the original Christmas hater, than we would care to think. But there is another reaction to Christmas, and I wonder if you noticed that one. It's the reaction, secondly, of the wise men who loved Christmas. I wonder if you noticed what their reaction was coming towards the end of the reading in the third paragraph down there. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. There's no murderous intent in the Magi and the wise men, is there? No, no scheming, no plotting. There is joy. And actually, after the joy, there is worship. Now, Matthew doesn't actually give us a huge amount of detail about why those magi, those wise men in particular, thought the arrival of this king was such good news. But we are given a sense as to why we should think it is good news. We're told by Matthew that a prophet had predicted the coming of this king a long, long time beforehand. And I wonder if you noticed what he said about him. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Shepherd. It's a bit of a funny word to use of a king. A ruler, we might expect that, but a shepherd, well, probably not. And it slightly changes the picture we have of this coming king. Because you see, a shepherd is a ruler in one sense. He leads his sheep. He knows what's best for them, tells them what to do even. But he also guards them, protects them, provides for them. And that's why, you see, Christmas is really wonderful news, is absolutely worth loving. Because it's news of the arrival of a king, one who does call the shots in your and my life, but does so as a shepherd, with care, even with love, as he does so. Now, what are we to do in response to all of that. Well, the Victorian era was a time when lots of our Christmas traditions became popular. 
Uh, the decorations, uh, the fact of dragging a real tree into your living room. Who thought that was a good idea? But we all do it every year. And even Ebenezer Scrooge was a product of the Victorian era. And Queen Victoria herself was uh, someone who really loved Christmas, not the fluff around Christmas, you see, but the actual story. And one day, her chaplain uh, was delivering a talk about Jesus and the fact that he was going to come again. And he noticed as he was speaking uh, that the queen was visibly moved during the course of the service. So after the service, the chaplain approached the queen and he asked her, why did your majesty weep as I spoke today? Oh, she said, because I do hope that he'll come again in my day. Why does your majesty desire that he should come in your day? The chaplain asked. Oh, sir, that I may lay my crown at his feet. See, Christmas is wonderful news. News that though we aren't best judges of what is best for our own lives or for our world for that matter, one has come who is. And so the question Matthew asks each of us to consider is whether we will give up self-rule, whether we will lay our crowns down at the feet of a king who knows you intimately, who cares for you more than you can possibly imagine, and whose purposes for you and for your life are good and are right. Now, if you aren't sure about that yet, and in fact, even if you are, there's a small booklet to take away with you this evening. You should have found either on your chair or on one nearby. It looks something like this. That's our gift to you. Please do take it away um, this evening. And we also have copies of one of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life written by a man named John Mark. They're at the door on your way out this evening. Please do take one of those away with you and have a read for yourself. See what you think. Along with that, in the new year, we as a church family are going to be running a course called Hope Explored. It'll run over three Tuesday evenings, consecutive Tuesday evenings in January, exploring the hope of the Christian faith. And we would absolutely love it if you came along to that. Bring your questions, bring your objections, and we can chat about those together. Whatever you do, though, whether you're someone who loves Christmas right now, or I can honestly say that you hate it. Let me encourage you this Christmas to follow the wise men's lead and to seek the king. I'm going to pray very briefly before we stand together to sing a final carol. Let me pray. Dear Father God, we thank you for the joy it is to gather together this evening to sing, and to celebrate Christmas together. We ask that this Christmas time, you would help each one of us here to indeed follow the wise men's lead and to seek the King. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as I mentioned a moment ago, we're going to sing again one more time, a carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Let me encourage you, if you're able, to stand as the musicians play an introduction, and we'll sing that carol together. Thank you. Thank you. 
Well, that brings us to the end of our carol service this evening. Thank you very much for coming along. It's been great to see everyone. Uh, there is the opportunity to go downstairs and have mince pies and some drinks if you don't need to rush off. I think it's appropriate to say thank you to Heather and Alex and Sally because without these ladies, tonight wouldn't have happened. So thank you very much. And to the choir as a whole, thank you. So there's a number of things happening here uh, over, the, over the next week or so. Um, tomorrow, uh, we've got our uh, family service here at 11 o'clock. Uh, Johnny will be speaking, but we also have the Nativity play, which is a highlight in the church calendar. So if you can make it, it's going to be great. If you're free at 6 o'clock on Christmas Eve, cookies and carols, again, pretty relaxed, good opportunity to sing some carols together. And then on Sunday, uh, on Christmas Day at 11 o'clock, there's an all-age uh, Christmas Day service, and we normally do show and tell for children's presents. I don't know, maybe I'm going too far there, but never mind. Um, but again, it'd be great to see you uh, if you can make it along on Christmas Day. So. That uh, leaves me to say thank you very much for coming. It's been wonderful to see you all. Hope you all have a great Christmas and remember uh, what it's all about. But maybe we could just squeeze in another song, could we? <laughs> so I, I came along and listened to the, um, to the rehearsal on Monday night, and I, I spent probably the, the whole week with um, a sort of one line in my head, and it was from the final song that the choir sung, and I would just love an opportunity for us all to join in. And I think it's really appropriate, because as Johnny said, you know, we're singing about the King of Kings and Lords and Lords, Lord of Lords. So, Jen, could we ask you to lead us in singing? It's going to get me into trouble, but never mind. It's Christmas time. Great. Thank you very much. Let's all stand to sing.
in my excitement of uh, getting everyone to sing along with the choir, I forgot to say, just as Johnny said, uh, Hope Explored, course starts mid-January, three sessions, Tuesday evening. There's a little flyer on your seat. Uh, there is a QR code. If you're IT literate, you can click on it, it takes you through the website. If not, you can write old-fashioned style, and there's a box in reception. Thanks very much. Hopefully, we'll see you downstairs for uh, drinks and some mince pies. <laughs>